Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rematches are a beloved staple of combat sports. That's why they say the money is in the rematch, because after a really great fight, most everybody wants to see it again. But not all rematches are created equal, which is why today, after an exhaustive look at just about every rematch that's ever happened, we've narrowed it down to a list of the 10 that are the greatest ever measured on importance, how good the narrative surrounding it is, and of course, how incredible the fight ended up being. So with that in mind, I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, a massive thanks to our channel Hall of Famers, and these are the 10 greatest rematches in MMA history. Number 10, Frank Mir versus Minotaro Noguera. To me, of all the things that Frank Mir ever did, his wins over Minotaro are as good as it gets. Their first encounter came off a season of the Ultimate Fighter as coaches. They were competing for interim gold, the winner would get Brock Lesnar, and this was still a Noguera who was 31 and 4. He had never been stopped in his entire career. And for Mir, yes, he defeated Brock Lesnar in that first fight, but this was the biggest opportunity by far he had had since he came back from that horrible injury from the motorcycle accident. He had a perfect performance in their first encounter, his striking was so improved, and Noguera had absolutely nothing in response. He would be the first fighter ever to finish Minotauro. The rematch would take place three years later in yet another title eliminator. Frank had KO'd Mirko Krokop and defeated Roy Nelson, while Noguera had stopped the surging Brendan Schaub. It's a short and sweet rematch. About halfway through the first, Big Nog scores a knockdown on Mir. He is battering him on the ground. This fight is clearly over. Then, for some reason, he decides to go for a choke. Mir is able to reverse the position, secure a Kimura, and force Noguera to tap for the first time in his career. And even though it's not as epically long as a lot of the other bouts on this list, it certainly deserves a spot. Number 9. Matt Hughes versus Frank Trigg. The first time they fought, Hughes was already God King. This would be his fifth welterweight title defense. Trigg was brought in as fresh blood after defeating Dennis Hallman in WFA and winning their welterweight title. It was a four-minute wrestling match, essentially, that ended with Hughes getting a standing rear naked choke. Nothing to write home about. The second fight would end up being one of Dana White's favorite to this very day. We're in Matt's second title reign this time around. The fight would end up an all-time classic due to a big old cup shot by Trigg early in the fight, one that the referee completely missed, resulting in a near-fight-ending barrage. 
garage, but of course Hughes would rally, he would iconically carry Trick across the cage before slamming him to the ground, Matt would secure the rear naked choke, an incredible come from behind victory to retain his title number 8. Michael Chandler vs Eddie Alvarez There are some rivalries where it is just so good, you cannot help but associate one of the fighters with the other at all times. The setup for their first encounter was simple and perfect. Eddie was the man at the time, the underground king, the lightweight champion. Michael Chandler was upcoming undefeated and had just won the season 4 tournament, thus granting him a shot at Alvarez. Do yourself a favor, go on YouTube and watch this one in its entirety. 16 million other people already have. It was the 2011 fight of the year. It is the fight that put Michael Chandler on the map, and he did so by surviving crazy adversity and scoring a fourth round submission victory. Incredible fight, and one that certainly warranted a rematch, which we'd finally get two years later. This fight is insane. It's legitimately paced like it was something out of a film. They're going back and forth. Eddie's in trouble. Michael's in trouble. They're bleeding all over the place. Two of three judges would give it to the underground king, a split decision after 25 grueling minutes. It is truly a crime we never got the trilogy about. That said, if we're gonna get it in like five years in BKFC, no thank you. Number seven, Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendez. While you could certainly argue that Conor McGregor and Max Holloway are Jose Aldo's two biggest rivals, his feud with Chad Mendez, which spanned two fights, bears some of his most iconic moments. Their first fight was Aldo's return to Rio for the first time since 2007, four title defenses before the King of Rio finally got to reclaim his throne. Not exactly a great fight, as it would only last but the first round, before he barreled into the crowd and celebrated with his city. With three more defenses under his belt, and his status as the featherweight goat at that point completely cemented, Aldo and Mendez would return to Rio and this time bring the house down. Their rematch would be an epic back and forth that saw Chad nearly finished at the end of the first, only to rally and make it a battle for the next 20 minutes, and even though the scores don't look like it, 49-46 across the board for the champ, this one was a banger and ended up the fight of the year 2014. Number 6, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miacic. As the light heavyweight champion, he was living in the shadow of John Jones, who of course had defeated him twice and never actually lost his belt. And so to build something for himself, and to do so by defeating the most successful UFC heavyweight champion ever, it was simply perfect. DC's first round knockout of Stipe to become the double champ is one of the most iconic moments the sport has had in recent memory. And it is that backdrop, that story, that history that makes this rematch so damn special. But on top of that, it would be such an incredible fight. Cormier was in top form, absolutely battering the former champion for the better part of three rounds. This time around, he could not put Stipe away, allowing for Miacic to finally find some success late in the third with body shots before dramatically finishing Daniel Cormier to regain the heavyweight title. As much as it pained me to see either one of these guys lose during their trilogy, there is no denying that that second fight is an all-time classic. Number 5. Robert Whittaker versus Yoel Romero You don't really win fights against Yoel Romero, you more so just survive them. And everybody's favorite echidna Bobby Knuckles had the unfortunate pleasure of doing so twice in a row. Their first encounter would be for interim middleweight gold, and that first fight is defined by the incredible adversity that Whittaker was able to overcome, suffering a grade 2 MCL tear after an oblique kick by Yoel in the very first round. Despite this, Knuckles was able to get his bearings by the third round and would rally for the final 15 minutes to earn himself a UD victory. Nearly a year later, Bisping had lost the actual middleweight title to GSP, GSP had vacated said championship, and Whitaker was upgraded to the undisputed champion, his first official defense scheduled to be Yoel Romero in this rematch. 
Unfortunately, God Soldier could not make weight, and so it was technically a non-title bout. Yoel absolutely battered him. Truly, it looked like he was done in the third. It looked like he might be done in the fifth. Had things not started as slowly as they did in the first and second, I don't know how in the world you score this fight for Robert Whitaker. Certainly on the pride scale, I think this one would have gone to Romero. Whitaker would get the split decision, and the two would never meet again. I'm sure Bobby Knuckles is super happy about that. Number four, Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard. Now, we are cheating a bit on this one, as technically this entry is going to focus on their third fight, but it is a title fight rematch, so there's that. The rivals met for the first time in 2008, back when most fans didn't care or even know who they were. Gray Maynard won, it doesn't matter. The second time they fought, it would be Edgar's first lightweight title defense outside BJ Penn. And while there wasn't a ton of hype for Maynard going into it, there definitely would be afterwards because, oh my god, how Frankie Edgar survived the first round to this day I still do not know. Knocked down three times, probably unconscious for half of it, the answer somehow made it to the horn and rallied the very next round and for the remainder of the fight, resulting in a split draw. But the reason we're focusing on the third fight the most is because it had an actual resolution. Their immediate rematch would take place only 10 months later and start very similarly for Edgar, although he wasn't in anywhere near as much trouble. He would score a fourth round KO finish to put a definitive end to their rivalry. Number three. Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. We all know the story. Conor was meant to fight RDA for the lightweight title, but the champion dropped out short notice, allowing for a recently resurgent Nate Diaz to get a golden ticket fight with the most popular fighter in the world. And his resulting victory would be one of the most iconic moments in the sport's history. I mean, seriously, as the kids say, that is cinema. But what do you do for the sequel? Well, the narrative changed. This time around, it was about Conor rebuilding himself. His obsession with fighting Nate and only Nate. 1.65 million tuned in legally to see this thing, who knows how many illegally, and they would put on an all-timer. 757 strikes thrown between the two of them over 25 minutes. Connor would score three knockdowns on Nate, but he could not put him away. The two would go back and forth to a majority decision for the notorious one. It truly does not get much better than this. Number two, Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Now, this is technically a rematch. Max and Dustin first fought at UFC 143 when Baby Blessed was just the tender age of 20. This would be his debut bout in the UFC. Not to say the Diamond was that much more senior at 23, but yeah, look at those baby faces. Poirier got a slick triangle armbar in the first round, and that was that. Jumped to seven years and 35 fights later. A not-so-baby-faced Max is now the reigning defending featherweight champion of the world. He is on a 13-fight win streak. Dustin has won eight of his last 10 at lightweight and is a shoe-in for a title fight with Habib Nurmagomedov. Problem is, the champ won't be fighting until November, so Max decided why not be a double champ? I'll move up and have a rematch with my old buddy Dustin for interim gold. Insane volume on both sides. Over 850 strikes thrown. Dustin Poirier was pressing forward a lot more, though. He must have rocked Holloway seven times in that fight, but truly, I would argue Dustin Poirier's crowning achievement in his career. This one is just an all-time classic. Number one. Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. You know, if we didn't generally try to avoid having a fighter in more than one entry, Robbie Lawler might have made this list twice, as the Ruthless One did have an epic rematch with Johnny Hendricks to secure the welterweight title. But of course, that fight was completely overshadowed by his next one. It is arguably the greatest fight of all time. I am, of course, talking about the second fight with Rory McDonald. When they first met, it was a title eliminator. Most did not expect Lawler to get the victory, but that's exactly what he did. A split decision 
decision upset for the Ruthless One. That led to his first attempt at gold against Johnny Hendricks. Of course, he would not obtain it until their rematch. Meanwhile, Rory rattled off three impressive victories. So the rematch was set for UFC 189. Obviously, they were not the attention of that card that week. Didn't matter though, they absolutely stole the show. While Rory Max grappling was effective in their first fight, there was none of that the second time around. These two beat the absolute shit out of each other, leaving both men just a complete mess going into the fifth. It is the definition of a war of attrition, and Lawler would outlast his broken foe, who eventually just laid down in a heap on the ground. I mean, what can be said about this fight that has not already been said? It is the high drama of MMA at its finest. You know who's never lost a rematch ever, though? The editor of this video, Luke Taylor. Show him all the love on his socials, the guy does incredible work, and be sure to check out his YouTube channel. A massive thanks to our channel champions. You guys are seriously awesome. We could not do it without you. Fight fans, you can become a member as well. You just hit the join button. There's exclusive content. You might have some say in the videos. Highly recommend checking it out or at the very least liking and subscribing. This was a very hard list to narrow down. Let me know what you think the best rematches are in the comments down below. And thank you so much for watching. Have a fantastic day.